Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is located in Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement, blessing, and an inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us, or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. Acts chapter 28, verse 1 and 6. If you have it, say amen. It says, now when they had escaped, then they found out that, in, that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness. This is Paul talking. He says, for they kindled a fire and made us all feel welcome because of the rain that was falling and because it was cold. But when Paul had tried to help and gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on a fire, a viper, everyone say viper, or a snake, if you don't know what a viper is, came out because of the heat of the fire and fastened on his hand. Basically, the snake came out and bit him because the fire was really hot. So the natives saw this, and when they saw it, the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt that this man is some sort of murderer whom, though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But he shook off, everyone say shook off. He shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up and suddenly fall up, fall down dead. But after they looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this subject. Shake it off. Shake it off. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to do some shaking. Not that kind of shaking, y'all dirty-minded children. Turn to your other neighbor and say, shake it off. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence that we feel. Lord, I ask that you allow me to step aside and that you be the one to speak to us tonight. Lord, that your spirit would touch us. Lord, would touch our hearts and speak to us mightily so that we don't leave here without being changed, challenged, and transformed by the power of your word. Lord, if there be a spirit, a distraction, or thought contrary to the preaching of your word, we take the authority we have in Jesus' name. We cast it out and bind it in the name of Jesus, and we declare that your word would flow freely in this place. And Father, we'll always be careful to give you the honor, the glory. Lord, Tonight, I ask you audibly that you confirm this word with miracles, signs, and wonders in the name of Jesus. And everybody shouted amen. amen. I said it, everyone shouted amen. amen. Let's give our hand clap unto Jesus and thank him for his word and for his presence. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Thank you. In this text, we see about a man named Paul who was full of the Holy Ghost. He was full of the Spirit, and he had just had some sort of an encounter with God. Paul was a guy that was persecuted, but now he was a preacher. Paul, before he was Paul, was named Saul. 
And he used to kill Christians because he hated them and everything that they stood for. But after having this encounter with God, he now became Paul. And from being a persecutor, he became a preacher. And now he was on a voyage and his ship was wrecked. And he landed on an island named Malta. And as he arrived there, he came across some freaky people. And they freaked out when they saw him, but they welcomed him anyway, and they made him feel at home. They had started a fire because it was raining, it was cold, and Paul decided he'd be a good Christian and help. So he went out into the forest and found uh, some, some twigs and some sticks so that he could put on the fire and make the fire continue to burn. And as he went and did so, the, the Bible tells us that a snake came out from within the fire and bit his hand. Anyone ever been bitten by a snake? Praise God. Let's not this weekend be the first. Amen. And so as the snake came and fastened on his hand, the natives freaked out because they thought, oh, this guy's going to die. He just got bit by a snake. Like something ought to happen to this guy. But they freaked out because Paul simply looked at the snake and shook it off. The snake fell back into the fire and Paul walked off like nobody's business. And so the natives tripped out and they said, this dude is a god. Now obviously we know that Paul is not a god, but Paul had a god who was powerful and mighty. And the spirit that lived within him caused him to go through no harm. How many times is young people, and it's crazy that Pastor had said this as he took the place at first. He said, but it's, it's incredible to say and to sing songs like, I'm not turning back now. I'm going to wait on you just being so young and you're already going through crazy things. It's funny, and I don't mean any disrespect to the adults in the room, but there's always adults that tell you, and your parents have probably told you, well, I was young once too. And they're not wrong. They were young, and they went through things as well. But the difference between when your parents and those adults were young and us now is that everything now is socially acceptable. Praise the Lord, somebody. It's very different to be a young person now than it was to be a young person in the 60s or 70s. Because now society is saying that everything is welcome and that everything is okay. Can I be real with you? It's not uncommon for us to see people professing their way of life and their lifestyle because it's acceptable now. It's not different or crazy to see people gather and have a parade for gay rights because it's acceptable now. It's not different to see a bunch of people bash Jesus and say that there is no God because that's just a norm now. Everything now is socially acceptable. So I applaud you because although you've been a young person in this time going through life the way it is now, you've made it to here. So give yourselves a hand for that. That's worth clapping for. So how many times do we young people not go through situations and different problems and we find ourselves going through some sort of fire in our life and we face a hardship and all of a sudden something comes and bites us. There's a snake. There's a problem. There's a person that comes and bites you. There are three things very quickly that the Lord has placed in my heart today. And I repeat what I said yesterday because it's a model that I live by. 
I refuse to live like a victim. I said I refuse to live like a victim because the Bible tells me that I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me first. It's one thing to be a conqueror. You know what a conqueror is? It's someone who wins. You're not just a conqueror. You're not just a winner. The Bible tells you that you're more than a conqueror. You are more than a winner. You're not just some average Joe. You're a special somebody in the eyes of God. So I refuse to live like a victim because God's called me to live in victory. Jesus did not die and did not sacrifice his life and take on my sins and my sicknesses for me to stay in my sin and me to stay in my sickness. We need to do like Paul did, get full of the Holy Ghost and shake off the snake. Somebody say shake it off. The first thing I want to share with you, and I'm going to go in backwards order here than what I have in my notes because I'm listening to the Lord. The first thing we need to do is shake off our past. I talked about this yesterday because, again, I reiterate, it's so crazy some of the things that some of you are dealing with. How is it possible that 13 and 14-year-olds are already experiencing depression? Can I be honest with you? All right, we're going to be real here. How is it possible that 12 and 13-year-old girls are choosing to allow some podunk idiot boy lie to them and get them pregnant. How is it that some 15, 16-year-old man, young, young man, feels like the only kind of life for him is the one found in drugs, is the one found in drinking? Obviously, there's a reason why there's an age limit on that mess. Because not even people that age should be consuming it, praise God. So why would you think that being the age that you are, it's okay to fornicate. It's okay to live in depression and sadness. It's okay to live in drugs and alcohol. It's okay to hate. It's okay to be bitter. That's because some of us have gone through the fire. We've gone through some crazy mess and unfortunately we've allowed it to define who we are. We've allowed it to mold us. We've allowed it to identify us. Have you ever seen those name tags that say, hello, my name is blank? Some of you have allowed people and have allowed the devil or some of you have done it yourself and erased your name and said, hello, my name is depression. Hello, my name is suicidal thoughts. Hello, my name is alcohol. Hello, my name is sex. Hello, my name is violence. Why would you do that to yourself when God already gave you a name? Yes, he gave you your name, but he gave us an even greater name, and that's the name of Jesus. I said he gave us an even greater name, and that's the name of Jesus. That's kind of scary, praise God. Why would you allow people that have hurt you? And let me tell you something. If someone's hurt you, you need to forgive them right now. And here's why. Because I'm almost 100, 1,000% 1, sure that the people that hurt you aren't even thinking about you.
The people that did you wrong, they're, 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 on, they're living their life right now. It's a Saturday night. They're living it up. You're not on their mind. What they did to you, what they said to you is not on their mind. So if they're not worried about it, why are you? They don't feel guilty for it. Why are you walking around with guilt and shame? Why are you walking around with hate and bitterness? I told you tonight is a night of freedom. I believe that with all my heart today. There's some people that won't live up to what God's called them to live up to because you're bound to your past and you're a victim of your history. Our past does not define us. It's how we react and how we come out of our past that defines us. So if you want to sit there and you want to throw yourself a pity party and say, oh, woe is me, I'm so sad, then God can't respond to that. Hear me when I tell you. God is not going to respond to you feeling sorry for yourself because that's not who God called you to be. Yes, we have situations. Yes, we go through sadness. Yes, we go through pain. But that's why he said in Jeremiah, call unto me and I will show you and answer you and do great and mighty things in your life. Sometimes we're so preoccupied in, in naming the other things and thinking about the other things that have happened to us that we forget that there's a God that is in control of everything. There is a God that can heal us, that can restore us and can set us free. And all I want you to do today is not throw yourself a pity party because God is not all pitiful. He's all powerful. I said my God's not all pitiful. My God's all powerful. And he's here today. I want to encourage someone to get out of your mess and shake yourself loose of your past. Shake yourself loose of your baggage. Shake yourself loose of your guilt and your shame because he's turned it all into joy. Psalm chapter 30. Verse 11 and 12 says, for you've turned my mourning into dancing. You've turned my sorrow into joy. It's about time some of you start living in the joy of the Lord. It's about time that some of you get to know what it's like to have the peace of God in your life. It's funny, we, as, as an apostolic church, we have one of the greatest greetings. It, it's in Spanish, of course, but we have... One of the greatest greetings, Paz de Cristo, literally translates to peace of Christ. And it, it baffles me how many times we say Paz de Cristo to someone who has no peace. It blows my mind how many times people say Paz de Cristo to us knowing, dang well, we don't have that peace. How are you going to expect and, and, and encourage someone to have peace of Christ if you don't have the peace of Christ? You can't give what you don't have, bless the Lord. The second thing is shake off your sin. Everybody say sin. In a world bombarded with ideas and movements that are contrary to God, we need to fight to live a righteous life before God. But sometimes we go through that fire and we hit hard times and we fall victim to sin. And we continually feed that sin in our life. We have people that only come to church just to spectate. People that only come to church just to judge. People that just come to church and act like their life is all together, but in reality they're living a life that's broken. A life of secret sin and contrary to the will of God. 
Let me tell you something that you need to know above all things. Jesus is coming soon. I said Jesus is coming soon. And the world tells me that he's coming even sooner than what the Bible says. If you're not paying attention to what's going around, what's happening in the world right now, signs are all pointing to the rapture of the church and to the return of Jesus Christ. And if there's anything that as a preacher or as a pastor that we should say to people and they get excited about, is that. You notice how no one reacted? You notice how no one got excited? You want to know why? Because you're not ready. God forbid, but if something were to happen to you tonight and you were to die, do you know where you're going? Oh, it got quiet up in here. Pastor said something good this morning that reassured me. He said, discomfort is going to take you to a point of change. I want to make you super uncomfortable right now. I want to make you feel so out of place right now. If the trumpet were to sound right now, you going or you staying? Well, my parents go to, sweetie, your parents are not going to save you. You cannot grab onto someone's coattails and expect to have a back seat to heaven. That's not how this works. You're either going or you're not. I don't know about you, but when that trumpet sounds, I want to go. I said, I want to go. And right now, if the Lord were to call me and, and I were to die... I want to live my life knowing that at any moment, if the Lord were to give me some kind of heart attack or get run over by a car, whatever, I know that I'm headed to my eternal reward. That's why I said, as a preacher, the, the, the thing that we should be able to say, it doesn't matter if we shout, if we scream, it, if there's music, lights or not, the one thing that we should be able to say and people get super excited about is that. And every time that we say that, it's always the two oldest hermanas that get excited. Amen, hermana. They're the only ones that get excited. You know why? Because they're praying, because they're fasting, because they're reading the word, because they're living life like they're supposed to, because they're not living all chismosas and talking mess about people they shouldn't be doing. Praise God, somebody. See? Are you ready? Are you ready? Jesus is coming soon. But my Bible tells me that while there's life, there's hope. I said while there's life, there's hope. And tonight, the Bible tells us that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day for you to get right. Because if you don't get right, you're going to get left. That's, that's tweetable right there. I'll give, you my, I'll give you my Twitter here in a minute. That's worth stamping for, yeah. You don't get right, you're going to get lit. That's worth one more weekend, praise God. But I'll come back, but I will come back. And if that's all I say all weekend long, I will. Because it's the absolute truth. 
If you don't remember anything I said tonight, remember that. If you don't get right, you're going to get left. Yeah? <laughs> For reals, we need, that needs to be on the back of the t-shirts. Praise God. So tonight, while you can, you need to shake off some of that sin. You need to shake off some of those bad habits, things that are holding you down. You need to let go of some friends. Ooh, I'm, I, ooh can I do it? I'm going to do it. Praise God, I'm going to do it. See, right now the good thing is, is that I'm not like on a platform and we're not in formal church, so I can't really get in too much trouble, but I can still. Just play. He's going to call my pastor and be like, jamás úselo. Anyway. Here's the thing. We, we talk about letting go of friends, but see, here's what happened. And this is some of the stupid stuff that we do. Is we'll stop talking to somebody, and then in like three months, we're talking to them again. You'll, you'll, stop, Snapchat, you'll stop Snapchatting somebody, and all of a sudden, they see your story, and they respond to you. And all stupid, you respond back. You laugh because you do it. And then a conversation begins, and then you're right in the back. You're back into that mess into a toxic friendship, toxic relationship, sending them things you shouldn't be sending them, talking about things you shouldn't be talking about. Paz de Cristo, somebody. Don't see, I'm making some of y'all super uncomfortable right now, and I like it. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> and see, the thing is, is that that's why God can't bless you. That's why God can't ever deliver you, because you're making the choice to continue to be in that mess. So when I tell you today that you need to let go of some friendships, I'm not just talking about you need to stop talking to them. I'm saying delete their number, unfriend them, delete them off Snapchat, and don't have contact with them. Praise God. <laughs> Block them, whatever you got to do. Some of you need to delete some phone numbers tonight. Whew. I said some of you need to delete some phone numbers tonight. Some of you, I don't know why I keep coming in this area, but I'm just being obedient to the Lord. Some of you young ladies have a, have a boy that's sitting in, the, in the, the back of your contacts, and you even don't even have his name on it because mom and dad don't know you're talking to him, and you're not supposed to be talking to him. Your brother and sister look at your phone, constantly ask you who you're talking to, and you say, oh, it's just a friend. You know you're lying. Tonight is a night. You need to erase that number and don't even think about talking to him. They're going to text you back. Don't even don't even think about it because the devil is using them to get close to you because the devil knows what you have. And you have the power of God. And if there's anything that the devil's trying to stop you from doing is becoming the person that God wants you to be. The, de the, mm, the devil is smart. The devil is. I, mm, I, I don't, I'm preaching like a pastor today because I care about you. The devil is smart, and he will use people. God uses people, but the devil uses people too. And the devil will use people to distract you. The Bible says that the enemies come to kill, steal, and destroy. Maybe the devil can't kill you. Maybe he can't destroy you. Maybe he can't steal from you. But he sure can distract you. Because it's easy. It's simple. Get some handsome guy to add you on Facebook. Or to follow you on Instagram, and all of a sudden you're hot stuff, and you think that because he comments and he likes your mess, you are that. You are all that in a bag of chips. You are the greatest thing since sliced bread. That, that went over some of their heads. You mean bread wasn't always sliced? No, honey. Welcome to 1960. Praise God. And all he has to do is send you that nice-looking boy. 
Can I say it? I'm going to say it. The worst part is sometimes they even come in the church. I'm going to walk over here and let that simmer for a second. Sometimes God will even use the people that are sitting in this very room to distract you. Mm -hmm. Just... (laughs) Just because you stand in a church doesn't make you a Christian. Just like if you were to stand in a garage, don't make you a car, somebody. You are, just because you're here does not mean that you're actually here. Just because you're here does not make you holy. Just because you're here does not make you exempt from the attack of the enemy. The devil is trying to destroy what you have. You have the power of God, which means you can't serve two masters. So you either serve God or you don't. Shake off some of that mess. Shake off some of that sin. Let go of some of them people. Let go of that boy. Let go of that girl and be set free. Somebody shout hallelujah. I said somebody shout hallelujah. Some of you need to stop messing around with your phone so much. We spend more time on Facebook than we do reading God's book. You need to stop talking bad about people. Stop gossiping. Some of you are only 15, 16. You already have bachelor degrees in gossipology. Praise God. Bachelors in in science from UNT and gossipology. I don't know how y'all doing. But see, I don't don't know about you. But like I said this morning, we go to events, we go to services, we go to all these things. And I praise God for that. But I'm tired of living the same way. I'm tired of seeing the same thing. I want to see the genuine glory of God in my life. I need a change in my life. I want to see the power of God in my life. And if there's something that's keeping that from happening, then I need to make up in my mind, boy, you ain't worth it. Girl, you ain't worth it. Job, you're not worth it. Whatever it is, you need to let it go and shake it off. Shake off that bitterness. Shake off that lust. Shake off that sin. Shake off that guilt. Shake Shake off that jealousy. Shake it, shake it, shake it off. The last thing that I want to do if the keyboard player would come is shake off your fear. One of the enemy's greatest tactics against the church is fear. I said it yesterday and I say it again. Fear is what made Moses not want to go before Pharaoh. Fear is what made the Israelites not want to return to Egypt. And fear is what led Peter to deny Jesus. Fear can cause us not to have faith. I say again, faith and fear cannot coincide. The Bible tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power Love and of a sound mind. Our God is an awesome God. And his perfect love casts out all fear. Someone who's been dealing with fear and depression and loneliness needs to make up in their mind today that you will not enter this next week, this next phase of your life with fear. You need to shake off all your doubts. Shake off all your depression. Shake off your loneliness. Because our God 
is great and greatly to be praised and there's no one else like him and he's greater and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God allowed Paul to go through that and be bitten to demonstrate to the native people that Paul had something inside of him. Paul had just been filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why nothing happened to him. Remember when I asked you earlier today what you're fueling yourself with? You need to fuel yourself with the Holy Ghost. Because when you go back home to the same things, to your life, the way it was, there's going to be a snake waiting for you at home. There's going to be a viper that's waiting to reach out and bite you back at home, back at school, back at work, wherever you're going to. And you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost to not just continue to be bit and bit and bitten over again so that you die and that you end up not happy. But you need to get filled with the power of the Holy Ghost so that when you do get bit, all you have to do is do like Paul did, full of the Holy Ghost, and shake it up. Our God is great and his power is great. That's why the Lord said, fear not for I am with you. Fear not for I will never leave you nor forsake you. Fear not for I have overcome the world. It is said upon study that that phrase, fear not, is in the Bible more than 365 times. So if you need a reminder every day that you ain't supposed to be scared, there's enough for every day and then some. The Lord said it that many times. It's obviously important. The Lord says to fear not. It's obviously important. Here's what I want you to understand. When Paul extended his hand to drop the sticks the, fire, the, the, the serpent came out of the fire and bit him sometimes we think that it's the fire that burned him but it wasn't the fire it was the serpent fire is not meant to hurt you it's meant to teach you fire has a very special quality that why do you think you wash? Well, fire is used to purify. Fire is used to clean. Why do you think when you wash dishes, you probably wash with hot water? Why do you think when you wash your hands, it's recommended you do it with hot water? Because that heat kills the bacteria and all the gunk and the leftover tamales and enchiladas that were on the plate. And all the Dr. Pepper that was in the cup. Hallelujah. If you didn't know, that's, that's my water. Dr. Pepper is my favorite thing in the whole world. Heat and fire is used to purify. It's used to cleanse. When the, when the three Hebrew boys went through the fire, they weren't burned. There was three Hebrew boys, if you don't know the story, that were told to bow down before a false god that the king had created. And they wouldn't do it because they served the true and mighty God. And the king said, if you don't do it, I'm going to put you in a fiery furnace, in a big oven. And they said, all right, let's do it. They went through the fiery furnace and the king freaked out because he said, how come they're not being burned? Not only are they not being burned, but there was only three Hebrew boys and I see four in the fire. 
And the fourth one has the image of the Son of God. How is that possible, Pastor? How is it possible that King Nebuchadnezzar, way before the Son of God came and, and fulfilled his purpose on the earth, how did he already know that that fourth person in the fire looked like the Son of God? That's why I reiterate that our God is greater. We idolize things and we make things out to be like our God, but there's nothing greater than Jesus. I said there's nothing greater than Jesus. And it, have you ever seen those memes that say, and it was in that moment that they realized they messed up? I feel, well, it doesn't say messed up. I know y'all know what it says. I feel like that was that moment for King Nebuchadnezzar. Because he realized, not only did I just throw these three Hebrew boys in, but there's a fourth dude in there. And it's not just any guy. It looks like the Son of God. Fire is not meant to hurt you. It's meant to teach you and meant to purify you. And guess what? The best part is you're not going to be alone. Because Jesus is going to go through the fire with you. It wasn't the fire that hurt Paul. It was the snake that hurt Paul. When people are attacking you, when you're having financial problems, when everything seems to hurt you, understand, young person, it's not the fire, it's not the situation, but it's a snake within it. But all you have to remember is that you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost and shake it off. It's not going to be easy, but it's possible in the name of Jesus. Would you stand? I was opening my, my heart to Pastor Daniel last night over dinner. and I was telling him that the past year and a half for me, the past two years actually, has been a very difficult year for me. A very difficult time for me. Like I told you this morning, I lost my stepdad. I moved churches. I went through a lot of trials and a lot of tribulations. And the worst part is that it happened with people in the church. Anybody ever heard of church hurt? I was church hurt. People that I thought were my friends, people that I shook their hand every Sunday, people that I fellowshiped with, people that I, that I, we went bowling together, we stayed at their houses, people I grew up with, those very people turned out to be snakes that bit me. And in that moment, I had every, I felt like I had every right to be angry. I felt like I had every right to be upset. I was done. I was going to give up. I wasn't coming back to church. I already had my letter of resignation for my position. I was going to hand in my credential. I didn't want anything to do with the church. I don't want anything to do with God. I was hurt because of what was going on. But it was then that the Lord started to deal with me and help me understand better this story of Paul. It was never the fire. It was never the trial or the tribulation that I was going through that hurt me. It was the people that I came across that hurt me. But as I look back and as I look upon the things that I went through, the trials and tribulations I faced I understood that God was teaching me things I understood that God was dealing with me and now I've gone through the fire and baby I'm shinier than ever baby I'm better than ever because I know that there's nothing impossible for God I had to shake off a lot of things it's not because of who I am we hurt too. 
Your pastor, he hurts too. Sister Sonia, she hurts too. I guarantee you that there's times where they've almost given up. Where they already said, I'm done with this. But it's not because of who we are that we get attacked. It's because of whose we are. And that's because we belong to Jesus. It's not because of who I am, but it's because of who I belong to. So I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your situation looks like. But can I encourage you to not get discouraged and tell you, you need to muster up courage this evening and shake off whatever it is that's bothering you. I don't know what it is. God, God could show me. God could reveal it to me. But that's not up to me because I can't do it for you. Your pastor can't do it for you. doesn't matter how much we pray for you. doesn't matter how much oil we have in our hands. doesn't matter. You have to do it for yourself. So right now, no shame, because this is our last service here. This is almost like our last night of camp. Tomorrow we go back to church, and Monday we go back to our normal lives. Don't miss this opportunity to get set free. Don't miss this opportunity to let God change you and touch your life. So if you know there are things you need to shake off, if you know that you're th there are things you're ready to just get off of you today, I want you to come to this altar right now. Don't worry about who's around you. Don't worry about who's seeing you. As a matter of fact, close your eyes right now. Only you know what you're dealing with. Only you know what's in your heart. Only you know what's holding you back. And tonight, you need to grow some courage. You need to grow some courage because God is here and he wants to set you free. And he wants you to shake, if, shake off anything that's hurting you. So I want you to put your hands out right now. We're going to do another prophetic act of faith. And I want you to think about those things. But I want you to get serious we're not here wasting time. We're not here waiting to see what happens next. If you're just here to see that, nothing's going to happen to you. But if you're truly sick and tired and you're ready to see something new in your life, you're ready to let go of those people that have been hurting you, you're ready to let go of that depression that's haunting you, you're ready to let go of that sin that's binding you, you need to make up in your mind that today is the day that you shake it off. So as I declare the word of faith, I want you to just begin to invite the presence of God to where you are. And when I say the name of Jesus, I want you to start shaking things off. Call it out by name. Whatever it is, say, I reject depression. I reject suicidal thoughts. I renounce anxiety. But you have to do it with your mouth. You have to open up your mouth right now by the authority that is in the word of God. And by the power that is in the name of Jesus, we take authority in the Holy Ghost right now. And we speak against everything that is hindering these young people. Depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, homosexuality, hurt, 
bitterness, anger. We bind you and cast you out in the name of Jesus. And tonight, we shake it off in the name of Jesus. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off.